Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We are here today. To- <laughs> it's gotten to the point where I kind of forget it's coming. You probably have like the pregnancy brain to thank for that. Like we start it and I'm just like this and then you start laughing. And I'm like, oh yeah, what's she going to come up with? We are here today to put the she... In dissection. Shun. Shun. Dissection. Shun. Shun. Shuns are easy. Yeah. I've been doing that one. I've been pulling that one on you guys for a while. <laughs> and so many words end in shun. <laughs> so get ready. Dissection. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Hey, happy Monday, whatever day it is. My name is Summer Yeager, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And you may not know this about Joy, but I know about this about Joy, and you're about to know this about Joy. Joy drinks dandelion tea. She is a dandelion tea drinker, and it looks weird. Well, the reason it looks weird is because I put some almond milk in it. I mean... So it doesn't come out creamy like that. That color was not... It was tea-colored, guys. I mean, was it, though? It, what kind of tea? It's not like passion tea from I mean, Starbucks, but... Was it, though? It was brown. I mean, it was... What color is tea supposed to be? I don't know. Ask the British. I don't I don't know these things. <laughs> but it looked like you had some weird iced coffee, but without the ice. I don't know. I was, it was just, just like, what, what are you drinking? It was... I didn't have a big enough mug. It was hot tea. They didn't have a big enough mug mm-hmm. to put it in. Did um did Matthew make this tea? Because yeah. I feel like okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> he did. Of course he did. It's actually really good for you. I Dana mean, Lion I, tea is super good for you. Believe it. Um, especially pregnant ladies. Well, I believe it, and I I have had it. It's dandelion is a popular pregnancy, mm-hmm. post birth, beverage yeah. mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me, but. It was just, it was just funny. It looked funny, okay? <laughs> You're like, what was that? What is that? <laughs> I was unsure. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> like, what is this concoction? But yeah, Matthew made it for me and insists that I drink it. Well, I guess you're just submitting. Yeah. He's just like, I want you to be healthy and feel good. Uh, fine, husband. <laughs> uh, so annoying. And he made some more, and I can drink it when I get home. That's exciting. Yeah. Isn't tea made by someone else just the best kind of tea? Everything made by someone else is the Agreed. best kind of thing. Yep. <laughs> That's just how it goes. Never mind. Okay. I was going to bring up a weird topic, but... That's what we do. I decided... Okay. I'm going to go with your. How do you make a grilled cheese? (laughs) You personally. Well, as you all know, I am not much of a cook and have not been making much of anything for very long. So let's just put that out there. Okay. And now I'll tell you my process. I have a cast iron skillet, like a real Mm -hmm. one, and Mm -hmm. I love it. And I cook as much. I can't. I cook as often. Did I tell you that? As possible. Matthew got me a cast iron set no. for my birthday. What? Like a whole set. He got me like That's a amazing. bread pan and everything. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just have the one skillet. It's like 80 years old. I planned on only... When I got one, I was like, yeah. I can afford one skillet. Right. Well, this and was then, gifted to me. Oh. So it's like old. But I don't... And then I have a cast iron Dutch oven. So that's the I only mean, cast iron... I mean, forever. It's the only cast iron I do. As long as you don't put in the dishwasher. Right. Don't If be you're doing that, stop. Stop it. Stop it now. Um, that's exciting. Okay, so I start with my cast iron, mm-hmm. um, and then I melt a bunch of butter in it, like a lot of butter. Okay, just butter on butter on butter. That's a part of the grilled cheese. Yeah, uh, and then I have, will already have prepped my cheese, like, and have the sandwich put together. Bread, okay. cheese, sandwich. Okay, it's put together. Mm-hmm. 
then I melt the butter. And the cheese is pretty important. There's actually two kinds of grilled cheeses I do. <laughs> this is okay. really involved. You didn't know what you're getting into. So my two favorites are um, extra, extra sharp cheese and just butter and, mm-hmm. and bread. Uh, whole wheat because it's better. I think it does better on the butter and the uh-huh. custard. Um, and then the other one I do is cream cheese and blueberries. Oh, so it's nice, sweet. Yeah. If um, May I recommend to you a brie and raspberry jam? Oh, that sounds amazing. But yes. Sign me up. So good. Okay, I'll try that next. Um, or gouda and apple. Oh, that sounds good, too. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm still, I'm a peasant. You're branching out. I'm this but cream cheese and blueberries. is bomb. It sounds good. So then. And I'm guessing the blueberries get like kind of like. Uh-huh. Mushy. They like break and. Yeah. Mm. Like get into mm-hmm. the cheese. Yeah. It's a good thing. That's how it has to be. Yeah. And then, so the sandwich is already prepared. I melt the butter. And then right before all the butter melts, then I put the cheese, the sandwich in. Okay. And then I toast that side. And then I put more butter in the pan. And then I flip the sandwich onto that butter. Right. <laughs> and sometimes I'll like press it down with uh-huh. the spatula. But with the cast iron, I don't really feel like you need to do that so much. Yeah. Um, because it's cast iron. And then um, I do that until it feels crunchy when I slap it with my spatula <laughs> <laughs> and sufficiently buttered and that's it okay. then you have to let it cool because it's really hot yeah and um I will put it on uh, like on a paper towel on a plate because oh, to it's, like to pull like, some of the pull grease. some of that out and then I'll serve it okay all right yeah just curious why um well because uh I'm not gonna out anybody but I know somebody <laughs> okay I know someone mm-hmm. that I live in close proximity to. Uh-huh. That doesn't make grilled cheeses like that. How do they make grilled cheeses? They cheeses? put butter in the pan. Uh-huh. And then they toast the bread in the pan. Both sides. Just the bread? And then they put the cheese in the pan. <laughs> Wait, on the pan? Yes. No, no, no. On the pan? <laughs> yes. No, 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 no. No. And then the cheese... No. Goes on no. to the bread. What? How does it go on? You have to like s- mm-hmm. spatula it out? Mm-hmm. Just the- real quick. Before it melts. It works. I have seen it. It makes a grilled cheese. This is the most horrifying <laughs> thing. And that's also, just so you know, how they make a grilled cheese at Sonic. What? Is that how this person learned this? Yes. No. That is. But Please I Please let us know. Cheese in the pan? Who does that? That's I terrifying. D- it- <laughs> it's horrifying you know they Please found they found it... these these kerns i don't know if that's the word urns <laughs> isn't there like a okay whatever there was an archaeological dig okay they found these large pots uh-huh that were clearly used for cooking yeah the cheese that they burnt <laughs> this was like a thousand years ago at the bottom of the pots was still there what <laughs> i know I know. Either that's completely true. (laughs) Or it's an old wives tale. (laughs) And I don't know which. Well, because I'm trying to think like. I think it's true I'm thinking like tomb, like Egyptian. (laughs) Did the Egyptians have cheese? This this was like an archaeological dig and it wasn't 2,000 years ago. It was like. Oh, It was like 1,000 years ago. It was like pre. It was like dark ages. Okay. They had. And they had cheese then. But what I read was that like when they were like dissecting and learning about these pots and what they were made out they of. They found cheese. There was burnt cheese at the bottom. But well, apparently that's how they made their I might cheese. have just heard that and it might not have been real. <laughs> so all that to say I'm really stressed out that somebody <laughs> is doing well, that. Well, so what I want to know is. If anyone else makes their grilled cheese like that, let us know. Because it did work. I know it sounds insane. It sounds insane. It sounds insane, but it worked with very little it, mess. It feels like if somebody found my cast iron in a thousand years, they'd find burnt cheese on it. That's how it sounds. It really didn't, like, I wouldn't have known that a grilled cheese had been made. Really? On that skillet. I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, anyway. this is not what this episode is about. <laughs> Promise. <laughs> that could be true or <laughs> you have to tell them who i am now oh yeah <laughs> that's right um we keep forgetting to do that well actually it's just me that keeps forgetting to do that um 
You're right. I am Joy, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Summer. And something you should know about Summer is that when she gets her toenails painted, she gets them in neon colors so that her feet don't look pale. (laughs) Okay, so this is not a theory. This This is is true true. science. Like, more neon colors make your skin look tanner. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, white also works pretty well. White, do, I, do, white is also an option. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so um, if I get a pedicure, I always have to pick a neon color because if I don't, my feet look really weird because <laughs> I'm very pale. <laughs> like I'm just so pale. There's nothing I can do about it. It's not like I'm gonna go outside. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so what happens? Is if I don't pick a slightly, a little bit neon color, then things go poorly. Your feet look washed out. Yeah. And I don't mean neon. Like you guys are thinking of like the 90s lip smackers packaging. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it has to be a brighter color, which doesn't really fit my personality or my attitude or my feelings. (laughs) But (laughs) it's just how things have to go. So there's a hot tip for you. If you're like, how can I not look so pale? Or if you're just like, I don't really care how pale I am, just try it. And see what happens. And see what happens. See if you get tanner. It makes you tanner. Yeah. That might science. be true. It's the way colors work. <laughs> you look tanner. You're not tanner. You just look more tan. Right. Is it tan, tanner, tanist? Or is it, I don't know. Somebody tell me. I don't know what's happening. We should not have that co- that competition going on. No. Being outside is good for you, but the mm-hmm. sun with in excess can be really dangerous not good for so, you there's that um, everybody drink water and wear a hat <laughs> all the water much water whenever you drink water please consider partnering with us on patreon patreon.com slash theologians you can help us keep the mics on also you can leave us a voicemail our voicemail number is for four, i'm four, not gonna say it right four six five zero four seven five 40446 oh 470 470 okay 470 it's one of those combinations of those numbers hold on i can have it in one second i'm so tired i'm not drinking coffee right now so i don't know who i am 470 there we go you're in christ summer don't worry (laughs) 470 465-0475 that's our phone number you guys leave great voicemails. We Tell us to about them. your grilled cheeses. We love them. Tell us about your grilled cheese. Tell us about your nail polish. Tell us about none of these things. I don't care. I like your voicemails. Um, so, hey, we are here to do a weird thing. A weird episode. Um, it's it's my fault, and hopefully Joy will rescue it. Um, <laughs> but I've been thinking about... I think it's good. Okay. But I think it's also very conversational. So. Okay. If you feel like, what was the topic of that show? (laughs) There's not really a topic. We're having a conversation about (laughs) things that we see. Yeah. So I kind of, my feelings, uh, my desire to discuss this kind of came when Captain Marvel came out, which I know you didn't see. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I could have said as a fact about Joy is that she doesn't see Marvel movies. Well, I don't you've really. seen some. I see them, but I don't like. I don't rush to the theater <laughs> to see them. Right. I remember asking you what you thought about like the Avengers or something, and you were like, mm-hmm. "What?" <laughs> I feel like I've seen some of them. Right. I really. How many are there? Eighty-five. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> I don't I don't know the official See, I don't remember seeing 85 Marvel <laughs> movies, but I know I've seen some Marvel movies. Right. Um so yeah, she's not a Marvel movie person. I really loved Iron Man and that kind of got me into it. And then uh-huh. I grew up watching X-Men. I really loved I do love X-Men. The cartoon. Yeah. And I was super into X-Men it. Evolution. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, anyway, when Captain Marvel came out Desiring God had this article um, about Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. Behold Your Queen, the real conflict in Captain Marvel. And it kind of gives a background on who she is. Obviously, this is the first single 
Marvel film, like about a single character with a female as a lead. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously the moment for that. Um, and so anyway, in the article, um, you know, they talked about how basically the, the premise is you have this woman protecting men and saving the world. Captain Marvel is the most powerful of all of the Marvel characters. Um, and of course at this time it's a woman. Now when the original character came out, Captain, uh, Captain Marvel was a dude. And then right because they made that character in what year 1968 but yeah. that quickly had to change and the character became a woman um and so anyway but in the desiring god article you know basically the guy was saying you know uh that the feminist agenda is the reason why a movie like this can come out and be made and i agreed with that part of his article um he did seem kind of the guy who wrote it um seemed a little too loyal to like the old disney princess vibe okay that i'm super not loyal to right um but i can see what he's saying anyway the point of that is is it really upset people like it really upset christians that this guy was decrying the Marvel movie having this woman be the most protective, most, sorry, powerful um, character in the Marvel universe and what, what, what have you. My whole thought on it is, is I'm starting to see the trend more and more of women being the main character, the lead characters being the most powerful, being the strongest, being the smartest, being, they're the hero now. They're the hero. And, like me personally, it does not appeal to me. Like it, um, it doesn't make the story more believable to make women be the foot soldiers. Like there's another popular show that I watch and all like it, it went from in the beginning, all of the, the main characters, the toughest characters being men. Mm-hmm. And now it's six, seven seasons down the line all of the people in leadership and doing the fighting and the protecting are women. And it hit me, this moment hit me where I just didn't believe it. I was like, okay, in this rough and tumble universe where it's like kill or be killed. Right. And everyone's fighting for their lives. You're telling me that all the men have died off and the women are left to be the warriors. Right. And it's like, I just don't believe that. I am not saying that a woman couldn't survive. I'm right. not saying that a woman couldn't fight or a woman couldn't protect herself. I'm saying that it's really hard to believe. Yeah. Being the weaker gender, it's really hard to believe. And I don't know why it is a kind of virtue signaling to put women in this position. Right. Like if I was a woman in this position, I really hope I would not be the most powerful person around. And in fact, I can't think of a single woman that I know that I would think, oh, yeah, I would choose her to lead us and protect us over almost any dude that I know. Right. Like, can we just be honest about that? Why is that so offensive? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, well, well, because like you said, it's a nuanced situation. There are, of course, there we're not saying that women can't fight. We're not saying that women can't survive, but what you have is you have people, you people don't want to understand what you're saying because then that means that they would have to admit that men are physically stronger than women. Well, and here's the thing, but that's true. We're so ignorant of history. There was a time, there was a time for most of human history. What has happened is it has been dangerous to live. It has been dangerous to get your food. It has been dangerous to build your housing. It has been dangerous to keep your territory. That's most of human history. And what did you see when that happened? Well, you saw the women at home around the fire Mm -hmm. together in community building. Why? Because they're pregnant, because they're nursing, because they're weaker, because if you're going up against a deer, you're going to want a dude. Like, no offense. I'm sure a woman could kill a deer, and I'm sure it's happened all the time. But the point is... 
naturally what you saw was men going out and doing the, the role dangerous... was that men were the fighters right because they were never going to be pregnant because they're more physically capable and because they're more willing and should be more willing to put their lives on the line to get dinner on the table right a mom isn't going to go put her life on the if a man is around a mom shouldn't go and put her life on the line right. to get dinner on the table but it's like we can't even conceive of this as a as a good thing and then we try to like fit it into this narrative in our popular movies now because what because we're signaling that we would rather have women on the front lines like what is that well it's and it's just really like on the nose um it's just like i don't there's there's something that i really don't enjoy about watching a movie and being like okay i get it like that's what i mean by on the that's what i mean by on the nose (laughs) i mean like okay i get it of course you guys had to change captain marvel to a female i get it in the big and her big battle scene when she realizes all the power she has do you know what song played no doubts i'm just a girl Oh, well, of course. I mean, can you that's even... That's offensive. I'm can sorry, you even... but that's not even, like, cool. <laughs> can you And even... see, I think that's the point. The point is that I don't, like, I don't have a problem with good storytelling that is believable where a female yes. does something cool and amazing that involves right. physical strength. The right. point is, is I'm tired of this, like, on the nose, like, look at she's a girl who run the world. Girls. I'm just a girl. <laughs> like, I'm tired of... I'm tired... It's just, well, and it's a lot of, it's not just with feminism that movies are doing this, but they're just like, okay, what is the equation that will make people come pay $10 to see our movie? Right. I know a girl who is, uh, I'm sorry, unlikable. I don't, I like, I didn't see the movie. Completely. I heard nothing good about the acting from feminists and and like no. I mean like, what, what happened was the whole movie supposedly it was it was un, the most unbelievable thing about the movie was not the fact that this woman could fly into outer space the most unbelievable thing about the movie was that everyone kept telling her to like shut don't be so emotional but the fact was her acting range was like as wide as a teaspoon and I saw almost no emotions come out of her so then all the men around her telling her to not be so emotional was just like the most unbelievable thing in the world well and that's just (laughs) well and I'm sorry but that dialogue is just on the nose too yeah it's just like yeah look look ladies look emotional beings (laughs) because you know what I've not even been married that long and I am emotional. I'm not even the most emotional woman I know. I don't. No, I've you're not. never considered myself overly emotional. Right. And I am. Right. And I am. And you know what um, is a really good indicator that you're being really emotional is when you hate being told to stop being emotional. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, yes. Right. It's possible that someone will tell you. Right. Stop being emotional and your emotions are valid. That's right. possible. It's possible. But also there's plenty of times, but that is, that's vilified right. in our society. Right. You're not allowed to tell a woman, stop being so emotional. Right. Because what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to applaud the things about her that we say make women, women. Right. So we say right. that women are good because they're emotional and they're more nurturing. Right. But then we also have this other weird side narrative where we're trying to be men too. Right. And not as emotional. Right. Um, It's not consistent. No. And it's, it's just easy to see through. Yeah. I would have seen, Captain Marvel if we were doing like a more thorough review of it sure but you don't need to it really was not a great speaking of really bad (laughs) acting yes I wasn't even planning on talking about this on the show um when's the last time you saw dances with wolves I never um (laughs) Kevin Costner is horrible in that movie really he's not normally horrible is I mean, I think sometimes he's horrible and sometimes he's all right. <laughs> right. Good. Yeah. Like one time he was good. Right. Um, this is how I feel about Keanu Reeves. But so Matthew hadn't seen it. So we watched okay. it. Yeah. This no, is... Keanu Reeves is awful. He's no, an awful but actor. You can't be mad at him because he's so nice. Haven't you like watched all the I videos mean, yeah. about the stuff he does? And he does all his own stunts and he like takes care of poor people. And I mean, he doesn't I... even care the about thing is, you I'm knowing fine. about it. He does it without 
I'm fine publicity. with him being an actor. He's so nice. As long as he know, everyone knows what they're walking into. Like, yeah, he's a terrible actor. Like, I saw a John Wick trailer. Yeah, and I was like, does he care about the fighting he's doing right now? He doesn't. I care. don't see a, a ounce of emotion in his eyes. I'm gonna <laughs> go see the third one. I don't even care. Okay. Well, so anyway, <laughs> sorry. So Dances with Wolves, Wolves <laughs> lauded is this classic movie. Yeah, never seen about it. the frontier. Right. Um. <laughs> And it's hysterical. It's hysterical (laughs) when he reads, he like, so he'll read parts of his journal Uh and like stuff's happening, you know, and he does a voiceover. I have to watch it now. And at one point, Matthew looks at me and he's like, I don't think he could care less about that, what he just read. And he's like, I mean, like, I don't think he cared at all about what he just, like, he didn't even try to put any, he was being like. He just and didn't. then this happened <laughs> and then this happened and what i slowly realized was right and it's like i don't i just don't understand right if it, there are there are actors that are great at the voiceover out there right but not this guy no no well okay so <laughs> anyway sorry i just had to no, do that aside because when fine. you said that she had like no emotional Zero intonation Zero. it just made me think of kevin costner voiceovering those it was so painful those journals and being like did you care about (laughs) this at all were you asleep you know and so when she did the brie larson did the press junket for the movie Uh she said because this movie was all about you know female empowerment and representation and all that she was not going to be giving any interviews to any straight white men you could only interview her on the press junket if you were not a straight white dude. <laughs> speechless? I know. I'm not even speechless. I'm glaring. <laughs> she is glaring at me. I'm a little scared. <laughs> I I just can't even think of anything that's just more applause worthy. Right? It's so How lovely. Brave How brave of her to do that. Right. And the message not. she's sending is amazing. It's just really inclusive. And Gay men are still men. I mean, what's the problem? I, I, I don't know. You, you could. They're more marginalized, so they're more. Not, yeah, you couldn't be a straight white dude to interview her. So <clears throat> that actually brings me to how does that empower women? I, I mean, it doesn't. Like, so if your <laughs> narrative is that women were excluded, right, forever, yes. and that's what. Like, uh, yeah, I just don't. Now you have to, I don't know, include them. I don't know. I, I it just... But it's not just inclusion. It's that they need to be included and then men need to be excluded. Yes. It's like, a, oh, well, I want it to be even. Well, it's the, it's the straight, it's the narrative that the straight white man rules the world and he will not rule the world anymore. That's the narrative. Did a straight white man make that movie? <sighs> I don't know. I didn't Did look. he... Is I don't he a know. fully artist? Did he do I the? I don't know. Does she hate screenplay her for it? <laughs> I don't know, but um, that actually brings me to us, which I want to talk about. Oh yeah, um, this one I saw. This one you saw, and I was super into it, and I'm ready to talk. Yes, <laughs> she put her hand on her hip, um, and I'm so done talking about whatever stupid thing. I know. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, but if something that stupid is said. <laughs> You're done. I'm going to roll You're my out. eyes okay. and I'm not going to feel bad. You're done. And that's just, it's just stupid. Right. It just is. Like, it's right. just so, again, it's so on the nose. It's like, right. we get it. Right. We get it. So I don't buy everything Captain Marvel is selling. In fact, I don't know that I buy any of it. I don't know that I buy, I don't even think I buy like 80% of what the movie Us it says about society but what i will say is that minimally i would like to give them credit for doing it in a really cool different smart way yeah because captain marvel was so on the nose it was so over it's kind of like you know the go women go thing like you just have to applaud it but nobody nobody leaned over during that movie and was like do you think they purposely did all this woman stuff in this movie (laughs) Right. And it was just like full of this like bad 90s music. The story was I just clunky. Heard, that's the main thing I heard about it was just it was not good. Like it was it not was a good not movie. Well. It had nothing to do with no. 
feminism. It, was it just, just wasn't good well at all. <laughs> um, so the patriarchy wins again because you know the first female-led Marvel movie was horrible. So they win. They ruined it. <laughs> but in us, um, maybe maybe um, Allison did on the side give an interview to a straight white male. That must be that what ruined, ruined it. Everything. Allison. Bree. Oh yeah. Larson. That's where you got the Allison. Mm-hmm. Whatever. We'll just call her Allison. <laughs> Whatever. What is her Here real name? Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Here unto. Sorry, Brie. We shall only refer to Brie <laughs> as Allison. I really didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm dismissive of her beliefs, but <laughs> you didn't mean to dismiss her name. <laughs> no. Right. Um. So in the movie Us, you have, and if you haven't seen the movie, this is probably going to be spoilers. There's no spoiler. At some point, there will be. A, we will say something that will give away. There the are end no of the movie. spoilers in Captain Marvel. I don't recommend that you Nothing see happens. it. Nothing happens. Nothing happens <laughs> at all for me to ruin. Um, the most interesting thing that happened was the '90s music. So, but um, there you go. Now you don't have to see it, guys. <laughs> in the movie Us, um, which I also am not telling you to go see. Um, I thought that the the concepts that they were trying to sell similarly really don't jive with my worldview, but it was done really well. Like a well, story think, was told really well. Well, and so obviously Jordan Peele did Get Out as well as Us. Um, and there were certain things I liked more about one versus the other. Um. I think something that you'll see a lot is movies nowadays with like a really good um, sort of insightful commentary. Yeah. Don't actually end with any sort of like adjudication of that commentary. Right. They just propose to you. Basically, the end of the movie is this proposition. that's like, do you see both sides? Right. You decide which I'm not a fan of. Um, I think that you can tell a story with an ending and you can make um, a decision at the end. Right. As to who wins and who loses your story. Right. Um, Like who comes out victorious. Right. Uh, And so that I wasn't. So in a way, like I think he noticed the point was that no one won. Right. And that's the thing is he he notices this thing. Mm-hmm. He makes the social commentary and he notices it and then he shows it to you. And you're like, oh, I see what you're doing here. Um, and it's clever and it's done artistically and all this stuff. But what I don't like and to me that I, I don't think we consider it enough of a failure in storytelling is when you don't like make an assessment at the end. At the end. Mm. Um, because there isn't a there isn't a universal morality so at the Mm. end of a movie you may leave your audience to say you're saying it's a very postmodern thing to do yeah well so you can leave your your at the end of the movie you can leave your audience deciding who was right and who was wrong and who was justified and who wasn't um but why did you make the movie right why didn't you just like film a wall because they could have done the same thing like they can you can I can still talk about justification and like what's justified and what's right and what's wrong and all that right after watching a wall sure (laughs) like maybe you prompted all you did was prompt me to talk about it yeah um and but you didn't actually like end your story right um and so do you think we didn't get a feel for what he thought was right and wrong I think I know based off of what he's said outside of movies. Yeah. What was okay. Right. Um, Well, so I guess we can just give a spoiler. Sure. So basically it's about a family. They go uh, on vacation. They go on vacation. Um, At one point they look out the window and they see themselves replicas, not exact replicas, but with slight changes. Yeah. Um, they see themselves, those people start to attack slash, I mean, kind of talk with them, you know, like it's sort of, everyone is sort of different as far as you can tell. They come, they come into contact with these people and it is not safe and it's clear that they are not They want to harm them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so the movie is 
a chasing movie. Yep. Um, and so a lot of the action and the storytelling is just the details of them fighting and then winning and then fighting and then winning. Right. Um, the dad did kind of suck a little bit, which I thought I thought was like he was very obviously Lupita um Nyong'o. She uh she's a great actress. Wow. So Let, I mean, I mean... You don't even you don't even want to compare Lupita's performance to Brie Larson's because right. Lupita just blew it out of the water. Right. Incredible, incredible yeah. acting. Yeah. It was unbelievable. She did great. Yeah. yeah. But the point was for her to be the lead. Yes. And for the husband. So yet again, we have kind of a situation right. where the woman is the hero and the, yeah, the male character, her husband in the movie just failed time and time again. He I just don't think he had to scared. suck so bad. He got hurt right away. Right, Which but I, he got like hit in the knee, and then you see her later, like, you know, she's like been brutally attacked, and she's like still going. But the dad gets like hit in the leg, and he's down for the count. And right. you're just like, in real life, if you could the, comparing the size of these two people, I'm pretty sure the dad would be just fine if he got hit in, in the knee. In real life, if a man's family <laughs> was being attacked, he would do more. Right. So it did. That kind of sucked, but. We can move on from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, so what's teased in the beginning of the movie is that uh, Lupita, her character, comes into contact with when she's a kid. She comes into contact with a with her doppelganger yeah, with the exact replica of herself. Yeah. Um, so they give you that little teaser, um, and then here we are. Eventually, what comes out is that there is this huge underground world infiltrating the tunnels and old subway systems right. and mining systems. The government had done this right. test experiment and created doppelgangers yeah. of us. And they the all tethered. lived. Yeah. And they all lived underground. And there are a less sophisticated and I should say, like, definitely not sophisticated at all they're like a crude version of us but they do everything that we do so like when you walk across the room they walk across the room whatever room they're in right um and they are you except a very crude rendition right of you and they don't have all the nice things that you have they have not been taken care of like you are and so this is a very clear situation of the haves being right. the people up above yes. and the have-nots being the people down below, complete with the connection to the people up above and down below being an escalator that only goes down. So if the people down there ever got the wherewithal to come up, they would have to essentially run right. up a down escalator. Right. And that's a very obvious yeah. picture. So the very all. interesting thing about the main characters tethered is that it seems that she is the only one of them that can speak. Right. She speaks like very hoarsely. It's an amazing part of the 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 part that she plays. Yeah. Um, is her playing these two different people? Right. Obviously. Um. But so what? What is revealed? Her acting range was like here. Oh from yeah. Here to the sun. I mean, she legitimately <laughs> did a great job. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, so what you find out is in the beginning when she is a kid and runs into her tethered. They switch places. Yeah. Well, she's attacked by her underground, the underground version of herself. Yeah. Dragged into the underground. And then the girl goes back up. The underground yeah. person leaves her underground and right. comes and takes her life. Essentially. So the, so the girl that comes up from the down escalator. <laughs> right. When she's an adult is actually the original girl that we meet at the beginning right. of the movie. She's the, the real girl that we've been following through the movie right. is the tethered. And she's been forced to live with this in this very, very crude version of human society that has been given. Nothing. Right. So the one that was brought down that lives there is a real human. The one that we've seen all the time was actually a tethered. Right. Who had learned to act like a human. Right. Right. That's the big switch. Right. So then that brings in the idea of, okay, so we have the haves and the have nots. We have the ones living in horrible conditions not being treated well not being educated all these things but then one of them escapes and comes up somehow she fights her way up Mm -hmm. she comes up the down escalator and she learns how to fit in with the humans and play the part well that's a nice way of putting it what she actually did was violently attack right and and 
force into a kidnapped, like sort of captivity, slavery type of thing. Right. This other person right. who had no who had no knowledge even that there was another right. version of her. Right. Um so it wasn't just that she like fought that and that's what that is the social commentary is fighting to get to the top because some people have to fight harder than others. But legitimately what she did was murder her. Yeah. She took she stole another girl's life, kidnapped her. Yeah. And then ultimately still murdered her, like physically murdered her and killed her. In the end. Um, and she wins. Right. And so I think my issue with it, what I was talking about, sort of the ambiguous ending is they don't make any sort of statement on if that was okay. Right. They just let you to think about it. They the movie basically ends with the enormity of the situation being revealed to two characters that both know what the situation is. Right. Right. And that's it. Right. And then also she, um, the girl, the real adult, the real human that was kidnapped and left down there kind of led a revolution. Right. And got all of the tethered, not real humans to come up. And they kind of had a plan to like take over and have have their time. Right. And just so you know, they're, their one instinct, if they see the real version of their self, is to kill them. Right. And take their place. Yeah. And so it, it then it leaves you the questions of like, well, the integration of these people into the real world is going to be pretty difficult. Right. What's that going to look like? Right. Um, it doesn't paint them in a great light because they're all murderers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but our main character is proof that if had, if they had been nurtured, they could have been not nice. been crude. Right. They could have been right. regular upstanding citizens. Right. And so you kind of have you so you have the storyline that's very clearly a commentary on social stratification, people that are kept down. What are what are they like? What are our responsibilities towards them? What happens when you're part of the have nots and then you you come you run up that down escalator and you become part of the haves and you forget your people? Because I don't think he painted her in a very good light for doing that. No. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed like a commentary on her being willing to leave her, quote, people right. behind. Um, so you're right. It doesn't answer a lot of questions. But I do think that it is exactly what our our culture is talking about. Right well, now. and every victim of this group of people was actually not the perpetrator of the injustice that had been done with them. The government was the ones who created That's this true. group of people. That's true. And, and the people, the, every single person that got killed yeah. had no idea what was going what on. Was going on. They had not made a decision to have a doppelganger made of themselves. Right. They had not they made a decision to hold them. These people down. They didn't know they existed. Right. So were they responsible? No. Especially, I mean, it. were they responsible? Right. Un- capital punishment responsible? Right. No, especially no. not. Not even the tiniest no. bit responsible, but... Right. And so it's an interesting... It's just... In a way, I enjoyed the movie, mm-hmm. but in a way, it's also very on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just... That says more about our culture. And mm-hmm. really, I can I can apply this to Captain Marvel as well. It says mm-hmm. more about our culture than these movies in and of themselves. Right. Um. I mean, I do think on the nose is not a great storytelling device. Right. Um, but right. it's a little like it was a little obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, I think I do think, though, that the message may have been a lot more simple to someone of a different worldview than me. Like it right. may have been much more like interesting. Yeah. Um, but I see a lot of holes in it. And then I also, as someone who was there to hear the story, didn't hear the end. Now, I do know how Jordan Peele feels about race relations specifically, and I would say critical theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know how he feels about that. So I can assume that his commentary involves the, that right. worldview. Right. Um, but I don't know. I right. really don't. I don't feel like he told us in the end. And that I think that is really that's a common we're talking about common cultural themes that we see. Right. And that's something that I see. Any yeah. movie that starts to go there doesn't actually have an answer. Right. To the questions. Right. They can't actually you can like it would take way more than two hours to tell 
the end of that story. Right. Which is who is right? The world what now has your uprising has completely like destroyed, destroyed the world. Right. But you are the one person that actually deserved justice. Right. But instead of trying to get justice against the person who perpetrated evil against you, you kind of destroyed the you world. You just, just, <laughs> you took it against all of society. Right. Um, and so for me, it's That's like critical theory right there, right. isn't it? <laughs> and so I'm like, it is very, for someone who knows about this kind of thing, I'm like, this all pretty quickly like falls apart, you know? Right. Um, and so does critical theory. Yeah. And so I don't think I enjoyed it much more than I thought it was like an astute cultural commentary. I also knew from the very beginning that they you had knew. switched places. Yeah. That's just from someone who's watched a lot of yeah. sci-fi and I didn't. thrillers. I and... didn't. So I really enjoyed. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I still enjoyed the movie. Even I was able to. I made that call and I was like, well, you don't know that. So just soldier on. Right. Um, so wait and see. Yeah. Well, my whole thing is, it is a great. It was a great cultural commentary, even mm. if I don't agree with the commentary. Right. It was done well, and I think Jordan Peele is an amazing, amazing director. I'm really happy with what he's doing, and because I love that genre, yeah, so much. And he does it so well. Um, so my question is, since we have the the absolute best most right understanding of humanity why aren't christians making films that have i mean so okay this is a movie we've been talking about for what 15 minutes now yeah like we've been talking about it it started a conversation and i think that's what jordan peele wanted to do i think he wanted to start a conversation about all of these issues and the culture is talking about all of these issues and so in a masterful way he made a film that's gonna make people have mm-hmm. these conversations why are Christians story, doing this in his story there's either no ending or the bad guy wins right, right. but the real the real ending is which one of these two people is the bad guy right when as Christians we have the answer right actually we're all the bad guy (laughs) right Um. yeah and in that specific situation the person who actually commits a crime is the bad guy right and the one who actually enacts evil is the bad guy right like we have a standard so it's like why i want christians to make these kinds of films i'm not saying no christians are making thought-provoking films because that wouldn't be true but i think what we tend to do is you know well obviously you have pure flicks which isn't even um, don't even go there with me. Those aren't films that anybody would need to talk about or see. Um, and then we're what gr- we mean by that is they don't come close. They don't even come to, close. Like I'm telling you that there were thing, un- things like storytelling things that I was unhappy with in us. There, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you a cohesive story <laughs> right. that is more than just a vapid <laughs> right. nothingness. Right. I mean, it's nothing. Pure There's Flicks nothing or to Captain discuss. Marvel. I mean, I would take Captain Marvel over Pure Flicks. There you guys go. Um, because they're not telling, they're not even trying to tell a story. It's not, and it's not even fun to look at. At least in Captain Marvel, right. there's like some great CGI. <laughs> like at least there's right. something there that somebody put some effort and right. time and thought into. But yeah, it's just like, why aren't Christians? We have the best commentary to give. Um, and it does, it is, it takes a lot of mastery and skill to translate that into film. Right. Um, Jordan Peele has that mastery and he turned it into film. He turned his commentary into a compelling film. Right. But again, I'm not telling you guys you need to go see it cause it's a scary movie. Maybe that's not your thing. Well, I was going to mention to no, go ahead. I'll mention it after you. Finish. Um, but I just think we, why aren't we, why are we afraid to make a quality thought provoking film. Why does it have to be this very vanilla whitewashed thing? Our faith is not vanilla. The world is not vanilla. What right. does Andy Wilson say? The world is rated R. Right. Like, why do we have to pretend that it's not like, what are we preparing our kids for when we pretend that the world <laughs> is not rated R? And I'm not saying we have to make rated R movies. What I'm saying is it's almost like we're afraid of acknowledging that evil is out there. Right. But like we have the conqueror of sin and death and Satan. Don't we have the best things to say about right. this? You know what I mean? Right. That's yeah. it. So whatever you're saying. I was just going to say something about like um, you. It's totally okay as a Christian to be like discriminatory and discerning about what you watch. Um, and I use the word. I actually don't want to really use the word discerning. I want to use the word discriminatory. 
it's okay for you to say, I don't want to watch something. Um, it's okay for you to say, if this person is the director of it, I won't watch it. If this person is in it, I won't watch it. Right. Um, it's okay to like set that for yourself. Yep. If you don't want to watch TV at the end of the day, it's okay to not watch TV. Right. I don't recommend turning it on and forcing it. Because <laughs> right. we all are guilty of doing that. I would recommend finding something else to do. Right. Um, and I also want to say it's okay to see movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel bad about seeing the movie Us. I didn't see any nudity. I, di- I saw people pretending to sin, but I didn't see anyone mm-hmm. actually sinning. Um, and... I was able to use my brain and decide how I thought about the movie. Right. I don't recommend seeing a lot of movies and just shutting your brain off. Right. Um, Any movie. If you go, don't ever do that. Yeah. If you go see (laughs) a movie, activate your brain. (laughs) Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Um, And if you don't want to do that, then don't watch movies. That's fine. Right. That's okay with me. I just think art, what we see in books and films and movies is a reflection of what's happening in our society. It's a reflection of our culture. Um, and that's what's so interesting to me. Like I, I am, I'm interested in what are we, what are we as a society writing about, reading about, because it's going to inform a lot. It, and I mean, oh, yeah. you, you see the things happening in us that there are people in the Southern Baptist convention are talking about. They're not talking about the movie. They're talking about these ideas. Um, it's informing how people vote. It's informing how people relate with each other. It's informing all kinds of things. Yeah. And so that's what's that's what's so interesting to me. I'm not a huge film buff. I enjoy movies, but I enjoy seeing what's in the mirror. What are people creating? What are they saying? What is their commentary? How do they view the world? Because these are the people I live with. These are the people that we're called to reach. Right. Um, and it's just something that I enjoy thinking about. So me too. So that's it. So we got to go. So, hey, guys, that is it for this week. Um, do I have to tell them anything? I already told you our voicemail. I already told you we need Patreon support. And I hope that you all have a wonderful week. Oh, yeah. 